Welcome back to the No Name Football Podcast. Football Friday, high school football. Mm-hmm. Myself, J Mac, joining you along with my great co host, six time pro bowler, all decade teams, one of the greatest 100 of Chicago Bears of all time, future <laughs> Hall of Famer, my man, Mr. Brother O, that Jay, we call him uh, here. Uh, uh, Friday night lights tonight. Yes. I got a chance. Um, uh, obviously, helping out at uh, Carmel Catholic has been fun, man. Um, mm-hmm. Big win. Big win. Uh, yeah. um, Antioch, right? Antioch, yeah, Antioch, Antioch, yeah. Antioch. Really good, well-coached football team. Definitely, man. man. Uh, you can tell they run their program from the Little League yeah. all the way up. Uh, that option is hell. You know, yeah. that option is hell to stop. It's tough. Uh, good. They give um, us a lot of looks on defense. Uh, but your guys, man, well-coached. Carmel, well-coached man. football team. Uh, pulled it out. Uh, got the win. Uh, Lake Forest tonight. A lot yeah. of our friends. <laughs> we'll see a lot of our friends. We just saw a uh, big cat just walked out. Yes, he coached, helps the O-line there. Ahmad Merritt, wide yep. receivers. Um, I know a lot of their players, obviously, yeah. from St. Mary's. So it'll be a fun game. It'll be a fun game. Friday Night Lights for you. Uh, the head coach up there, Carmel, is always exciting. Um, I got to watch Loyola and Coach Holosex Bunch. Mm-hmm. Put it on St. Xavier. Yeah, it crushed from him, man. I mean, yeah. that team, Loyola again. Loaded. I mean. Loaded. They run. They have five 300-pounders starting. Yeah, loaded. They run four or five extra on the field for field goal. They got guys, and they're well-coached. Yeah. Uh, Coach Fitzgerald's son at Northwestern, very good tight yeah, end. He's a big dude. Uh, they got a very good quarterback. Their defense is well coached as mm-hmm. usual. They got a kid there, uh, Jay Matt, Brooks Bars. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to Michigan. Yeah, defensive tackle, right? Uh, yeah, he plays like the end, the yeah, end hybrid yeah, in the hybrid, three four. Yep. Yep. Uh, he is all of six six. 300 something. Mm. I mean, he is a mm. handful. Mm. Um, it'd be fun. It's going to be fun this year to watch them uh, versus Mount Carmel and, and go against other schools. But yeah. um, I bet you're excited for that game tonight, Jay. Yeah, it's just, you know, a lot of good high school football being yeah, played. Man. I mean, that game you mentioned with Loyola was on ESPN. So I got a chance to watch that mm. Sunday afternoon. You know, it wasn't no NFL on. You got to watch Loyola in prime time. Obviously, Coach Holosick does a great job up there. I mean, they're a perennial powerhouse here in the state of Illinois. And, you know, we had an opportunity, like you said, brother, we, we got the win over, you know, a crosstown rival in Antioch who, had, who had really has a good program. I know their head coach really well. They do a tremendous job, and that's why they've had sustained success. And, mm-hmm. and brother, you know, you're right there on the sideline, so you got to experience that with us. You've been helping us out, and it's been mm-hmm. truly a it's blessing. It's been fun, man. It's been great, man. And, uh, you know, tonight is it, it, it just sets up for another primetime stage mm-hmm. here in Lake County. I mean, Lake Forest, another perennial playoff team. Mm-hmm. Um, a coaching staff that has been together for a long time. Like you said, you know, we know guys on their sideline. They know us. Uh, we had an opportunity to play there last year and had success and went over in Lake Forest and beat them last year. So I know they want to come into our stadium and do the same thing. And, you know, like we said, we accept all challenges. We'll be ready. So I'm excited <laughs> yes. to uh, to go out there and, you know, uh, you know, go out there and tee it up and, and see how see what uh, see what happens. We put in the work, and I'm excited to see our guys play. And I know our guy Matt Bowen over at IC Catholic. I know yeah. they got to win their first week, right? Yeah. I think they beat Montini Catholic. Yep. Yep. Um, they got a big game. He was telling me. Yeah, they played Joliet Joliet, Catholic. Joliet, that's a tough said, squad. Oh man, he told me he said Olin. They come down. Yes, here. they do. I said, I said, that's my kind of game, Matt. He yeah. said, we got to get our, our big boy pads on. Yes. So, uh, to all the guys playing tonight, Friday night, um, like J Max said. I've been blessed to work with the kids, and Jay Mag lets me go out there and get my football fix. So, uh, that's fun, <laughs> yes, but uh, you see the amount of work they put in, and, and you know with, with school all day and all that yeah. stuff. So uh, excited for all the guys who who play. Uh, Jay Mag, I got to go down. I know we were just talking about your son too, but and um, I got to go down and see Josh and James too yeah. play Illinois, mm. play Wyoming. Wyoming. Illinois is ready for that game. Yeah, they, they came downhill at them. Um, they, they they overwhelmed Wyoming. Yeah. They, they had too many guys for Wyoming, but. I uh, got to sit in the stand, see both my sons mm. uh, on one football field. It was good. It, it was a fun mm. time. I probably had too many Bud Lights. You know? All right, yeah, that's right. You earned it, man. Job <laughs> well done. I probably my, had too mom many. And dad, job well done, man. I, I went there, J Mac, and I always tell myself, like, I'm gonna eat healthy. I'm not. Gonna eat. <laughs> uh, uh, next thing you know, I got the pretzel and the cheese. I got popcorn. I got hot dogs. You gotta have your yeah. day, man. You but you do good all week. You work yeah. out. You train I every day, so, man. man. You get hey, hey, you go out there. You see your boys, man. Both your boys, you know, playing at the University of Illinois, man, and and, and for me like you know having seen them grow up and, and you know have an opportunity to be around them and then I you know I come to the gym and I see the work that you know they have put in you know the work that you put in with those guys not just them but their teammates as well uh, I mean it's just a, a ultimate 
testament of you know what you guys put in the work you put in and now they're reaping the benefits man so it's it was good you know I got a chance to watch that game and I was excited you know watching them too as well so I'm just looking forward to it man I'm, I'm gonna be tuned in you know every Saturday that I can to watch them play um, they're gonna do great things up now, there now Jalen played last night yeah he played last night okay. uh, they Who played they, play? t- they played Tennessee Martin they lost but uh, and tell us where he plays at again you know, he's at Western Illinois Western yeah Illinois, so okay. he, he did pretty good well he had 11 tackles at cornerbacks. Mm. I don't know if that's a good thing, but yeah. I said, hey, you know, uh, you got to do your job. You do your job. Yeah. So it's just good, man, to see that, you know, people people, people say it's all about the bloodline and all this stuff like mm-hmm. that. Uh-uh, it's not. Gotta you know, just because, just because, you know, James and Josh's last name is Cruz, they still got to put in the work. Nobody's mm-hmm. going to give them anything. No. You know, just because my son's last name is Key doesn't mean nobody's going to hand him a scholarship. Mm-hmm. They got to put in the work. Yeah. And if anything, it's harder because now there's an expectation. Mm-hmm. They expect your boys to be good because of their dad. They expect my son to be good because of his dad. But they've got to go out there and they've got to, you know, create their own name, mm-hmm. create their own legacy. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if anything, the expectation is set higher because you do come from a, a, a football lineage and they expect you to be great. But you got to you know put in the work if you want to achieve that that goal. Yeah, it's just fun to watch all these young guys developing a game that me and you love. Yeah, we love the sure, game man. of football. Uh, we get to be a part of it. Yeah, uh, you let me be a part of it with your team. Get to be a part of my boys. Get to yeah. train. You know, this morning, uh, uh, Sam Mustafer was mm. here. Matt Allen, James mm. Baycat, Williams. Got it's just a, uh, it's just a fun mm. time to, to just keep it going. Uh, you're listening to the No Name Football Podcast. I'm here with my partner, as usual, Jason McKee, nine year NFL vet. You can find him on Twitter at jmac37. You can find me at Olin underscore Crutes. J-Mac, good show we got today. Yeah. Uh, we're going to have Coach Mike Martz on, uh, the Chicago Bears offensive coordinator, 2010, mm-hmm. 2011 season. Kind of said some things that pissed off a lot of Chicago Bears fans lately. Mm-hmm. Um, some of it you could justify. We talked about it already. Yeah, but we talked about it Just kind of want him to clarify some of his comments. Hear what Definitely. he has to say. Uh, I have a ton of respect uh, for Coach Martz. Uh, that one year I played for him, uh, incredibly intelligent mm-hmm. when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. Uh, knows a lot of football. Uh, obviously been coaching football since 1973. Yeah. Coached everywhere. Yeah. Coach everywhere, a lot of success, Super Bowl champ uh, as an offensive coordinator, uh, 2000 Super Bowl, Super Bowl 34 they won. So uh, we'll get to him. But first, Jamie, I want to just talk to you about uh, we didn't get to really cover that last preseason game, yeah, I don't think. The Browns, yeah, the yeah. Browns and what you saw there. And then anything that, that jumps out at you about the Bears Final fifty three in their practice squad. Yeah, I mean, go to the Cleveland game, and I know we we have had opportunity to talk about it here on our pod. But you know, you you really encourage to see the way that Justin Fields mm. played that game, and you know, it's the one thing you talk about what he did throwing for you know three touchdowns and all that stuff. But for me, I just what I took from that game is just the development. You know what I mean? And that's mm. something we've talked about all off season development, development, development. You know, uh, coaches have talked about it. But it's all for nothing if you don't actually see it on tape, if mm-hmm. you don't see it on the field. Yep. And we've seen him mature throughout this preseason. You know what I mean? They've mm-hmm. talked about him in training camp, having a grasp on the offense, picking the offense up really quickly. And we've seen him just progress from preseason game one, preseason game two, and then putting on that performance in preseason game three. I mean, that's that's what you want to see, that development continue to take place. And what I saw from Justin Fields, it was like it was like he was at peace. He was calm. He was right. comfortable. You know what I mean? He yeah. was collected. That's it's like, said. It's like he got to exhale and say, mm-hmm. you know, I finally have an offensive coordinator that's going to call plays and that has devised a scheme that fits my talents, that fits my abilities, that, that you know, that's going to help me be successful, that's going to help me be the quarterback that this organization needs me to be and help me lead this team. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it was good to see that that he was put in situations in which he would have success and not put in situations where it would, you know, he wasn't going to have success or was going to put him in a bad situation where he couldn't make a play. So it, that, that was the most encouraging thing that I saw from Justin Fields in that Cleveland game. Yeah. And, um, Justin Fields obviously is the guy you're always watching, right? I know coach Getsy. um, they were happy to see that, man. They yeah. were happy to see him and Janoko, the offensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, th- that throw to Ryan Griffin in the end zone. I mean, yeah. he's hitting his back foot in that pocket. The ball's coming out. Yeah. I know you, you start to take a look at on the field, and I know that Greedy Williams is a starting cornerback, but mm-hmm. you look at these defensive ends they had rushing, and some of them not even on that team anymore. Yeah. Some of them are third. But you... We didn't see much of that last year to see the ball, J-Mac, right. go in the end zone. We talked a lot about 
finding points under rocks, right? Mm-hmm. Last year, all last mm-hmm. year, they got to find the points mm-hmm. somewhere, and they, you know, just to see that offense op- to operating, to see runs, David Montgomery back on oh, the field, man. the key, the identity, yeah. back on the field, the heartbeat, the heartbeat, uh, back out there running the ball like he runs it, yeah. right? Um, to see boots, to see him outside the pocket, to see screens on yeah. first down, mm. to see chips on third down, mm. just things that we didn't, we haven't seen a lot of from the Chicago Bears team when Coach Nagel's here. And a lot of the things, the best way I could say it, J-Mac, was when I was watching it, a lot of the things made sense to me. Yeah. Like, that, like that is what you should be running, right? At that time, with who you got on the field, yeah. that's it. But as far as you're talking about Justin Fields and his pocket presence mm-hmm. and that ball coming out, and we'll talk to a little bit about to Coach Martz about this because he had said that he didn't think Justin was a quick read guy. He couldn't get the ball out fast. Yeah. But I want to know if he saw some improvement from it because um, I think I did. I think I saw some that ball come out a little faster, hit his back foot. Now mm-hmm. his receivers were, were winning. They were winning. Yeah. Uh, Dante Pettis Dante won Pettis pretty quickly. Up, yeah. uh, um, you know, Ryan Griffin won uh, on that route, but but that was just a nice throw, right? But the off the offense, we talked about can you make your run game can you marry it with your pass game? Yeah. Can everything look kind of same where you, you got the defense on their heels? Mm-hmm. Saw a little bit of, of that. And the interesting thing is when you're mm-hmm. watching that game, when you watch it closely, uh, Coach Stefanski on the other side, they're running almost the same scheme against yeah. each other, right? That outside yeah. zone, yep. play action pass, yep. um, kind of kind of take trying to, trying to get some free yards from, from these teams that you're playing against. So yeah. uh, uh, really – Really excited about uh, that, what I saw on offense. One thing that I wanted to talk to you about that interested me when I watched it was the Ryan Griffin at tight end, Cole Komet, um, how they're going to use those two guys, mm-hmm. right? Because it looks like to me, when I watched that game, that Griffin's a starting tight end, mm-hmm. not Cole Komet, right? Because Griffin is the guy playing the Y. He's the yep. guy with his hand on the line of scrimmage. Yep. So he's the guy in when there's one tight end. He was the guy that looked like he was in because Cole Komet, to me, that's telling me he has to improve his run blocking. Yeah, yeah, and it makes you th- – yeah, that's a good question too. And, you know, it makes you wonder. Like, I mean, you don't want to – you can't – I mean, you can give away tails, right? So mm-hmm. if Ryan Griffin's in there, that's a tail for you. A tail, a tail means that, hey, we're running the ball. Ryan Griffin's a better blocker running outside zone because he can, you know, seal that in or kick out that nine technique or whatever. Um, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe guess he's going to mix things up. Maybe he wants to, to get Cole coming out there in the passing game a little more. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I can see him using both of those guys mixing it up. And, you know, interesting when you look at it too, and we'll, we'll get into this 53 man roster. You look at, uh, what, how do you say his name? Tong, Tongus, Tong, Tongus? How do you say Tongus, yeah. Tongus, yeah. The fullback, right? The fullback mm-hmm. slash tight end, mm-hmm. you know, the, you, you, you keep him on the roster. So essentially you have him in the blasting game mm-hmm. at fullback. And now you have Tongus who can also play tight end as well. Blasting so game in the flat. Yeah, I know yeah, another yeah. guy used to yeah. be in the flat. Yeah, man. Hey, you got to get it done. Mm-hmm. You got to get yards however you can. But you got now you have a backup fullback with Tongus, and you have a third tight end with Tongus as well because of his versatilities. But to go back to your point, brother, it's going to be interesting to see what Getsy cooks up in terms of Cole Komet because we know the Bears want Cole Komet to be one of their featured guys on offense. So mm-hmm. when you say Griffin's in there – you know, starting and, and at the true why, you know, I, I don't know if that's going to remain. I think maybe they were getting a look in that last preseason game, but I know they're going to try to do their best to feature Cole Komet. Mm-hmm. It's a big year for him. He's, right. he's got to show up this year. So I know the Bears are going to do everything that, that they can to make sure that, you know, he's one of their one of their premier guys. And then just, just to put a bow tie on it, for him to run that boot that's been successful in preseason, mm-hmm. he has to be with his hand on the ground. Yes. And he has to make that block. Yes. In the backside of outside zone or the yep. backside of front side zone. So yep. anyway, I, I'm just just from what I'm, you just watch the game. You think, okay, man, I see a lot of. Mm-hmm. Maybe they want to see Griffin. I don't know. I yeah. see they, I see a lot of Griffin in there, uh, uh, um, playing that wide tight end spot. So I just want to see how that goes. And then definitely, uh, J Mac. Just to finish on it, um, Tevin Jenkins. A lot of talk about him, a trading man, him, man. cutting him. Looks looks pretty good at right guard. Yeah, look pretty darn good at right guard. Uh, there, uh, he's a big guy. He's athletic. There's a reason he was touted as a first, mm-hmm. second round pick. You see all those reasons when he plays in yep. there. Um, seems to think he talked a lot about how kind of got in his head and yeah and um you know, the, you know what what everybody was saying about him and then his back injury and yeah. he's been going through a lot. He's been yeah. going through a lot. It's good to see him out there. It's good that they hung on to him because. 
you know, and the, the thing I love the most about when people talk about offense alignment, they're always like, get rid of that guy. We need another yeah. guy. And you want to yeah. tell them, like, yeah. there's not a lot of yeah, them, There ain't that many guys. There's not very many All, guys. Nobody, nobody play wants to play online level. and youth football, yeah. and everybody yeah. wants to have the ball in their hand, man. There, there's not a lot of guys who can play linemen I'm in the NFL. You. I'm telling and you. then you have to be able to separate the guys yeah. who are playing with really good quarterbacks, right? Because we talk a lot about um, can Justin Fields make everybody around him better? Mm-hmm. That's what the great quarterbacks do. Yes. Right? So they make guys look like they're making their blocks because the ball's coming out yeah. so damn fast. Yeah. Right? And you're not going to see a lot of blitzes. You're not going to see a lot of loaded fronts against really good quarterbacks. So these guys, like Tevin Jenkins, who played last year in, a, in an offense that wasn't you know top-notch. But mm-hmm. I give Ryan Pose a, a little bit of credit here because – Sometimes a, a general manager can get stubborn and think, I got to get rid of this guy. I got to get rid of this guy. I, I, I give him credit for saying, you know what? Let's try him at right guard. Yeah. Let's try him. And, and it, because he knows, being a former offensive line, lineman, Ian Cunningham knows, being a former offensive lineman. Yeah. These guys, Jay, they don't grow on trees, man. Yeah. And that's what he said in his presser the other day. He said they were just continuing to try to find the right mix, to find the right five. So they were moving around. You know, they move. Barome around, move Jenkins around, and move, trying to find the right combination that would work. And the good thing is, when you look at Jenkins, you know, for me, I look at him to say, you know, is he finally healthy? Mm-hmm. You know, is he finally healthy? Because last year, back injury seemed like they rushed him back. He came back, didn't play too well. But is that because of injury? Was he healthy? Start of training camp, he wasn't out there. Undisclosed reasons. Now they're saying he's going to be traded, but was he healthy? Mm-hmm. You know, now he gets in. He he plays well the last few preseason games. Earns earns that uh, starting right guard job. And I wonder, is he finally healthy? Mm-hmm. You know, now can he physically be the player that they envisioned when they drafted him? I mean, he's got a nastiness to him, as you know, brother. Oh, um, you know, I think having him is you know he can be a tone setter, something that you need on the offensive line. And we had tone setters. You know, you were a tone setter. Ruben Brown was a tone setter. You know, you've got to have those type of guys up front that hey when you know when shit when shit hits the fan I know we're on radio but when when shit hits the fan mm-hmm. you have those guys that whatever look they're giving you you know you have tone setters guys mm-hmm. that's going to go out there and just just try to completely knock that man's head off that's lined up across from him and that's that's the equalizer man I say it all the time like there's X's and O's but at the end of the day physicality is the great equalizer man and what mm-hmm. do we say hey sometimes you know I remember Spence you say hey you know what it's never going to be the way we draw it up it's never going to be the way we walk through it or practice it but at the end of the day you got to hit somebody mm-hmm. the opposite color jersey yeah we, we say a lot too to the kids at Carmel in the huddle yeah. right we say like what is the O-line's number one job yeah solve problems Solve problems. You got to solve problems out there, right? You got to be on the field. You gotta, there's five of you. You got to work together. You got to communicate. Yeah. And you got to figure out how to get it blocked, right? Because yeah. there's rules and there's technique and there's fundamentals. But at the end of the day, I just have to block this You got to block that guy. Um, as far as Braxton Jones goes, uh, J-Matt, I put out a tweet mm-hmm. that said that I'm still standing by uh, Borum at left tackle, Cody Whitehair at left guard, okay. Sam Mustafer at center, mm-hmm. Lucas Patrick at right guard, and Tevin Jenkins at right tackle. And obviously, mm. uh, Lucas Patrick got to get that cast off, yeah. see where he fits in with all of that. Uh, Riley Reef, his ankle just hasn't looked good to me in preseason. If he yeah. can get healthy, he's obviously in the discussion as a guy who might be on the field. Okay. Um, some of the stuff I see from Braxton Jones, just to clarify my tweet, you really like. You mm. really like his length. Mm. I really like his athleticism. He does a nice job uh, fitting in on zone plays, running his feet. I know why they have him out there starting. Yeah. I think he has a ton of potential. I mean, this guy looks like J-Mac. They got himself a fine there. Mm. Um, mm. But some some of his pass sets, he'll, he'll set and then he'll click his feet together and he'll set. He has mm. a little bit of a soft edge there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think when he goes, I haven't seen him a lot against uh, first string defensive ends. Right. When I have seen him, the pocket has been compressed sometimes on him. He's got beat a couple of times by that young uh, Kansas City Chiefs, Calif- Califkis, Califkis, I think is his name. From Purdue. From Purdue, Purdue yes. Bro, yeah. And so he did a really nice, he bull rushed him once. Mm-hmm. I think as this season goes on, I don't, this doesn't mean that he can't do it. Right. I just don't think this is the year he does it. Yeah. I hope he proves me wrong. I really do. I, I, I like him. I think he looks great on film. Yeah. I hope he, but I, Larry Borum, when you watch him, yeah. 
he just finds a way. Like, like we just talked about. He's always, gets blo- he gets beat sometimes. Gets like everybody done. does. Gets it done. But he blocks people. I think that eventually, Tevin, when he gets a little healthier, like you talked about, mm-hmm. uh, he may not be 100% yet. He talked about that this week, that he'd like to end up eventually back out of tackle. Yeah. I think eventually that that, to me, with who they have on their roster right now, with Riley Reef not looking very healthy to me, that is their best five. Yeah, listen to the Flues presser the other day when he was saying in terms of, you know, the, the inexperience they have, the youth on this roster that they have. He said, you know, the best way to help these guys develop to accelerate that learning curve in terms of how to be a pro and how to play in this league is he said, hey, put them out there. Mm-hmm. Put them out there. Get them the reps. He said the mm-hmm. reps are invaluable. And he says, hey, you know what? They're going to get beat. They're going to do some things that we don't like. He said, but but at the end of the day, you know, they've got to be out there. He said they're going to, they're football players. He said they will figure it out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and a lot of people, a lot of other coaches, they go the other way with it. Mm-hmm. they like, hey, you know what? We don't want to throw him out there because we don't want to crush his confidence. You know, me as a coach, uh, high school coach, like, I don't have a choice because I don't have all the guys mm-hmm. that these guys have. So you almost, you know, you have to put guys out there who you know aren't ready, but they have to figure it out, like Coach Flues was saying. And, and Coach Flues is right. And I'd love if they were set at quarterback mm-hmm. and they could just roll him out there, give him chips, yeah, and, and everything else was set around him, right? But if Justin Fields is getting hit, you know, play third down after third down and by Nick Bosa, by Rashawn Gary, by these guys they got coming up these first two weeks. Oh, man. <laughs> um, That's all I worry about. And, and yeah. you know, you, you put a tweet like that out, and I know, you know what is my favorite Twitter? <laughs> out of context Twitter. That's my favorite Twitter. People go crazy, and you're reading all the responses. You're like, gosh, I don't feel like I said that. You yeah. know what I mean? But uh, um, it's just... Do you like Braxton Jones? Yes. Do I like what I see? Yes. Do I think he's ready to be the starting left tackle for your Chicago Bears? Not right now. Yeah. Not for seven. J-Mac, the hardest thing for me to learn was to play at a high level. for At my time, it was 16 weeks. Yeah. For 16 straight weeks. Keep my body healthy. Keep my body strong. Not wear out mentally. Stay in there week mm. in mm. and week out. So, um Braxton Jones, if you listen to our podcast, prove me wrong, man. Yeah. Would love it. He's Would love it. I, I personally don't think so, but yeah. um, that doesn't mean you don't think he's going to be a left tackle one day in his league. But like you're saying, get him out there and play. But, yeah, this is man, I mean, great. if the quarterback it's, is getting hit yeah. right over and over and over again, you you, you got to, at some point, you got to make a change. Uh, uh, another guy they picked up, J-Mac, mm-hmm. interesting to me. I know when people... They, they come to our podcast for me and you to talk about blocking, right? Offensive line blocking, <laughs> fullback blocking. Um, yeah. uh, they picked up Alex Leatherwood, yeah. the Raiders' first-round pick from 2021. Oh, yeah. The Raiders cut him. Yeah. And and I, I know uh, you were cheering for the young man from the same area as you, Pensacola, right? Pensacola, Florida, yeah. baby. Um, it's funny, J-Mac, because people talk in this town, they talk about Tevin Jenkins, and they say, well mm-hmm. – um, maybe the mental side of his game is a problem, right? And he can't overcome stuff. He's a little immature, right? And uh, that's why we'll pick up Alex Leatherwood. You know what I heard why the Raiders let Leatherwood go? <laughs> exact same reasons. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they cut him because yeah. of those yeah. that they think he's immature, that, that, that sometimes they don't think he's a good teammate. I don't feel bad saying this. I know people who know Leatherwood, mm-hmm. and I let them know that that was what was being said about him. Yeah, definitely. So, so like, he, like, now... That is the, we'll see when he comes here. Obviously, first round Alabama, he's got talent. Yeah, he's got, he has an opportunity to change his own narrative, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and you, sometimes you need a fresh start. Sometimes you have to get with a staff or get with a coach that demands excellence on a daily basis. You know, a coach that's not going to let things slide, brother. Mm-hmm. You know, a coach that's really detailed, you know, if you're, if, if you're lacking one day in the run game and you're, you're, you don't have the proper fit sort of hand placement or, or technique, a guy that's just not going to say, all right, we'll get it tomorrow. No, we're going to fix this right now. Mm-hmm. We're not leaving this practice field until we fix it, until you show me the ex- effort, uh, the effort in which you're trying to fix it. You know, that's the type of coach that he may need to be around. And, and hopefully he has that when he comes here. But here's a guy who, you know, polls when they, when they talked about Leatherwood, you know, like I said, he's a guy from my hometown, a big guy, a strong kid, athletic kid, and mm. polls gushed about that. He's like, look, this guy is a first round talent. He's a big athletic guy. He has a lot of traits. He's blessed with a lot of, you know, a big guy that can move and mm-hmm. has physical traits. And he said, hey, you know what? You get an opportunity to bring him here. 
and it's all about development. You know, maybe he wasn't getting that development over there in Las mm-hmm. Vegas, and hopefully, you know, you take a chance on a guy who's a former first round pick, a guy who I believe has it in him. Mm-hmm. He just has to have, uh, he just has to have the right coach to bring it out of him. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the same for everybody. Everybody, really, that's right? what football is. Um, and the development part, man, would it be nice if um, Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham? They changed that at Hallis Hall. Where you talk, yeah, they, you talk a lot about the Green Bay Packers and how I, they I always doing to it develop. Too. Yeah, I hate yes. doing it, but they, but know. they do. You, you yeah. got to be honest. Um, yeah. when, when Ryan Pose says development, former player, he knows. He knows how important that weight room yes. is. Your teammates are the culture is yes. your offensive line coach. So, Coach Morgan gets like you're saying. They talked a lot about uh, Leatherwood's run blocking, this outside zone scheme. Why? Because he can move. He can move. Guy. He's and a he's, big body he's who big. can move. He's, he's big. big. Yeah. So he's an unbelievable specimen, you know, and they just got to work with him and see if they can get the most out of him. And it sounds a lot like Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. I mean, if you do, look at look at the, the benefits you're going to get. Right. I mean, you have a guy who was a former first-round pick who has that that size and that, phys- that physicality and all those traits that you want. A big guy that can move. You know, what's the first thing that – that Gessie was saying. He's got to have linemen that can move, especially mm-hmm. when you're running that outside zone. You got to be able to move. You got to be able to run. You got to be able to get on edges and things like that. And sure. if you have a guy who can do that, a guy who you can develop into being able to do that, a big guy, well, you just got another steal. You know, and look at your line now. When you talk about if he pans out and Jenkins pans out and Barome mm-hmm. and you look at we, we got Sam that's there. I mean, you've mm-hmm. got Lucas Patrick. I mean, you got some guys, man. Braxton Jones, another young guy with potential like you just talked about. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, I think you got to look back and look at what you got to look at what Poles has done since he's been here in terms of, you know, what he's done and then in terms of when he first came here and what he inherited. Mm-hmm. He inherited, there was nothing. I mean, remember, I remember our first podcast when they were looking for looking for the coach and we were looking at the roster and, and guys were gone and we're like, man, like, damn, <laughs> the, the, the cupboard's empty, man. Like, man, it's empty, like, man. I mean, it was terrible, man. It's yeah. like, terrible, brother. Horrible. Yeah. No, it's, it's true. Everybody keeps talking about this team's talent, right? There's yeah. a lack of talent. Uh, but uh, they're, rebuild, they're trying to rebuild it. And and trying to get talent in there, and um, you get a guy with talent, yeah, like Leatherwood, and you see if he can play. Take a chance, you know. But uh, another guy they pick up, J Mac, and we talked a lot about on this podcast that everybody's gonna talk about the offensive line, but I was worried about the interior mm-hmm. of the defensive line to go and get Armand Watts mm-hmm. from the Minnesota Vikings. Claim him off waivers. Uh, had a pretty good year last year, five sacks. Yeah. Uh, kind of had a breakout year for him. Mm-hmm. And if you're the Chicago Bears, one thing I know in preseason, if you were watching third downs, you didn't like your interior pressure, right? Right, so they add a guy there, Amon Watts, long arm, long arm, maybe a three technique guy. Uh, maybe they put him on the field at nose. I don't know. He's played a little bit of nose, but mm-hmm. uh, you pair him with Justin Jones there on third downs, uh, Muhammad and Robert Quinn, and then hopefully you can get. Well, Quinn's going to get your pass rush. Yeah, Quinn's going to do his thing. But, but but you get you know you got Quinn on out there, uh, Roquan Smith. The, the defense, uh, I I like this. I like this addition. I don't know how much he helps you stop the run. Right, right. About Armand Watts. I don't know, um, you know, how much. Like, I, in a Cleveland game, I seen the, the um, Browns' third string center now because they've lost two. Mm. Uh, P- Ethan Pilchick, I think is his name. He reached uh, Tonga on one play mm. on outside zone. That that that, that can happen. I, yeah. I, I, I got to fight over the top on that. I got to get mm-hmm. the, I got to get some penetration. I got to come back. But yep. uh, they do sign a guy who, who you know they're looking for D-line help. We've been saying like mm-hmm. who this D-line in the middle is a little suspect right now. But they go and get Armand Watts. wonder what you think about that. Yeah, I mean, like you said, another guy who's had success in this league, who's young, um, who's who's been in the regular season game. You mentioned the five sacks he had last year. Just another piece, another piece to develop, like we talked about. Another another guy that can, you know, help you get after the quarterback. Obviously you gotta, you know, shore things up in the running game. But just another guy with young talent that can help just improve this team. And it goes back to what Poles and Cunningham have been saying this whole time. They're gonna be relentless in terms of their evaluation of players that they can bring in. Mm-hmm. They're always going to try to get better. If there's somebody out there that they feel like they can bring in that can help this team, they're they're going to do it. And that's what they've done. I mean, look at the claims that they've had. I mean, mm-hmm. was it six guys they claimed off waivers? I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to continue to scour the waiver wire. Uh, waiver wire. They're going to continue to do everything they can to 
improve this team, to bring in talent, to make this team better. So they're, they're sticking to what their philosophy is, their culture is, to continue to make this team better and bring in the right guys that fit their scheme, their philosophy, and that culture over there at Hallis Hall. Yeah, they went and got uh, cornerback Josh Blackwell, right? Mm-hmm. They need depth at cornerback. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. what Trayvon Young on yep. IR. So yeah. um, they needed somebody that can play that nickel role a little bit also. you know. Uh, uh, so we'll see what happens there. They, uh, an interesting guy, I know that the coach, they said uh, the GM down there, Ballard, mm-hmm. was not happy about lo- losing was Sterling Weatherford. Okay. He's a linebacker out of Indianapolis. Um, heard he's kind of like a Hunter Hillemeyer type. Like not a star, but but good football player, yeah, really solid. good football, solid, yeah, smart, um, smart can play that Sam maybe mm-hmm. that that we keep asking about who is going to be that Sam and then uh, a defensive edge rusher Jonathan Kingsley who uh, to be honest with you I haven't seen a lot of tape on, yeah, but he must have showed up because he didn't play a lot so when he's on the field he must be dangerous but you know with um yeah. Dominique Robinson the other outs the other edge rusher that they have. You know they're looking for guys like this, yeah. athletic, off the edge, uh, put pressure on have, people, can that run that you want yeah. to get around the corner. Mm-hmm. Like just bringing in guys, like we said, just bringing in guys that can, you know, guys who, you know, obviously uh, Eberflus may know a little bit about Weatherford from being over there in Indy, but just bringing in guys that can help improve this team defensively, guys that can make plays that you, guys that you know you, that may be called upon to step in in a starting role throughout the season, a long season. So you got to have guys who've had experience, who've had success, and you know for whatever reason they didn't stick with the team that they were on. But now you have, have an opportunity to come here. And like we said, to, to, to get on a team who's young and, and make a name for yourself. Yeah. Well, J-Matt, we got to get to coach Mike Martz. Yes, sir. Looking for a taste of the islands? Look no further than No Foods. That's NOH Foods of Hawaii. No Foods was developed to reflect the many international cultures and races of the islands. Hawaiian, Japanese, Chinese, Korean, Portuguese, Filipino, and more. Known for the wide variety of delicious seasoning and sauces. The products of No Foods can make anyone a master chef in their own kitchen. Easy to prepare and delicious in flavor are the hallmarks of No Foods. Again, that's NOH of Hawaii. Dishes like Chinese beef broccoli, Korean barbecue, Filipino adobo, Hawaiian kalua pork, and many, many more. Don't forget about the refreshing and very popular Hawaiian iced tea sweetened with raw cane sugar and just the right touch of lemon. You can find NOH Foods online at Amazon.com and NOHfoods.com also in many stores and supermarkets. As we say in islands, say yes to no. Aloha. J-Mac got here, uh, our former, my former offense coordinator from mm-hmm. 2010. I was in my 13th year. Uh, he was dealing with an old, broken-down center. Uh, he didn't know what to do with the guy. <laughs> he had it there in the middle at the pivot. But I uh, really enjoyed playing for him. His concepts were unbelievable. The movement, I thought he was ahead of his time. I thought he was ahead of his time. I thought he was doing a lot of things that people are trying to do nowadays with concepts in the pass game, Definitely. get the ball out, yeah. get the ball on the edges. Uh, Coach Mike March here to join uh, us on the No Name Football Podcast. He's been coaching football, J-Mac, since 1973. That is a long time to be giving back to the game, Coach. I know you started at Bullard High School there, uh, then went back to your old um, college of San Diego Mesa where you played tight end. Uh, Obviously, he is a Super Bowl champ coach, uh, greatest show on turf, head coach of the Rams, uh, you know, coach for the Lions, coach for the Bears, coach for the Redskins, on and on and on. Mm -hmm. Uh, This man has a lot of knowledge, right, to welcome in to the no name football podcast my former office coordinator for the 2010 season coach mike march coach thanks for joining us well thanks for having me guys i'm honored yeah thanks coach really appreciate your time and, and i want to get to the beginning you know we talk about you know the long career that you've had and the success you've had in coaching uh where did that love come from you know where did that love of coaching come from how did you get started what made you fall in love with it you know it's interesting i'm writing a book and and the guy that's helping me asked me the same question and um uh, my dad uh, flew bombers over Berlin. He was a top turret gunner. And when he came home from the war, he, he was a football coach in the Oglala Indian Reservation. And he he played football in college uh, as well and in high school. Um, so I guess he had this passion for football. He always talked about it. But he had a box of 
shoulder pads and leather helmets and all that stuff. <laughs> when, when I was when I was about six years old, we'd go down to the park and we'd split up what we had. Somebody might get a helmet, somebody might get shoulder pads, you know, and then you played. And I just have always always admired and, and loved uh, those guys involved with people or excuse me, with, with football. And I just felt like uh, at an early age, that's what I wanted to be a coach. You know, when I was in high school, in my annual, they said, you know, you always ask, what do you want to be when you, you know, in the future, what's your profession going to be? And I wrote football coach. <laughs> you know, that's all. Wow. I wasn't a good, I wasn't a good enough athlete to, to do anything in football. <laughs> I, yeah, I played a little bit, but I was, you know, I was a triple threat, stumble, fumble, and fall. So I, I probably, um, you know, the, just the passion for the game. And Don Coriel had a lot to do with it, too. I was always in awe in high school of watching San Diego State and what he did in the passing game. And then in college, we played against him. It just kind of lit a fire in me. I just, uh, there was a passion that grew over the years. And I just, um, I always knew what I was going to do. You know, I always knew I was going to be a football coach one day. Now, Coach, you uh, coach a little bit of wide receivers, I know, too. Uh, and you have you mentioned one coach that was that was a big part of your development. Can you talk to us a little bit about where a lot of your concepts and what you wanted to run uh, came from when you became an offensive coordinator? You know, um, just uh, listen to Ernie Zampezi. I, I got to be a fly on the wall in there for a couple of years when I was at the LA Rams initially before they moved. And that's why I learned the system. And that's why I learned efficiency. And, you know, a lot of guys have a lot of different things in routes that they do. We don't, we just come off straight off the ball and the speed of it allows you to have timing with the quarterback. And I learned so much from Ernie on, on how to coach receivers mm. as well as the expectation of the quarterback. And he used to say something that I thought was interesting. He says, you have to, Receivers, you have to see this game through the eyes of the quarterback. If you don't, then you're going to be late. Uh, you're going to put pressure on that quarterback. You have to be in tune to what's going on with him back there. In fact, I got to tell you a real quick score story. I had a, a young receiver at Chicago. Hold on, I don't know if you remember this or not, but he just was lazy. He wouldn't run fast. So I stuck mm-hmm. him back to where the quarterback was as a shotgun. I said, okay. I want you to see what he sees on the pass rush. <laughs> wow. right, hey, Coach, with that offensive line, he was seen a lot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, oh, I, I felt bad for you. I felt bad for you. You were, you were carrying a heavy load in that room. I promise you that. Oh, uh, we were enjoying he, it, he though. He came back with big eyes and he said, yeah, 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 you need to hurry a little bit. You can't be loud with that guy on this so he, he did, but. Yeah, that's Ernie taught me so much, and and um, and I did my masters on route running, actually, mm. and efficiency, and wow. we just you run it, you make cuts at the as you know, and keep your stride length and don't chop your feet. It's contrary to a lot of guys do teach, but I've always believed in it. Yeah, Coach, you've been talking receivers. I want to talk quarterbacks. And, you know, everybody talks about quarterback development, especially here in Chicago with Justin Fields at the helm. What What are your, some of your non-negotiables when it comes to quarterback development? Well, he, he has to understand whoever the quarterback is, they have to be very clear in every pass play uh, what's going on, you know, in terms of what, what's expected out of them, what they're looking at, and how to make that decision. And we used to make quarterbacks, no matter how many passes we had, they had to draw up every pass play every night and draw in the reads. And, you know, if a team has seven basic coverages, then you have – they all may be the same read, but then they may not. You know, if it's a man read, two zone or whatever, then here's where you need to start with the football so that he has it in tune in his brain so that he, he never has to think about it, about making that decision. And then the, the one thing that is not negotiable – when we taught quarterbacks assistance my first year in college, and I learned this from Daryl Rogers, is if you, you saw focus. In other words, if, there, if you recognize color where you want to throw the ball, then you get to number two. And you don't have to look at a defender. If you start watching defenders, then other than trying to move them with your eyes to make a decision, you're always going to be late with the football because he, he's going to fool you a little bit. You just come back, and at the last step – you snap your eye to where you want to throw it. Or if somebody's in the way, you get off and go to the other guy. 
It's just that simple. Mm. You got to feel color. And it's, mm. if you start talking about, hey, look at the strong safety. If he's, he's moving over here, then you throw there. And then you're late, late, late with the football because you have to see it, digest it, and react to it. Just It doesn't make any difference who the defender is. If there's color in there, you, you don't like the window, get off that, go to the next guy, and it speeds up the game for the quarterback. Mm. Coach, it's gold, man. I mean, I, I got to keep thinking you. what my next question was because I'm man. listening too much. But, uh, Coach, guys like me who, who do analyst work and we talk a lot about he needs to improve his pocket presence. They need to get the ball out sooner. They need to see things. And I don't even know what the hell I'm really saying. But I think of guys like Kurt Warner. I think of guys like Tom Brady, mm. Aaron Rodgers. And I just see them. It's almost like they live in the matrix. They just get the ball out. Uh, through all your years of coaching quarterbacks, what, what were the few drills or few ways you found that you could actually improve of that for a quarterback so it's a real simple drill we take three receivers one uh straight ahead and about 15 yards uh well to start with 10 yards from the center and you put another receiver approximately out uh, about 15 yards to the left and one to the right and then you stand back behind where the quarterback is and you snap the ball to him and then you point to one of those three receivers. As soon as you point, they throw their hand up, and he's got to snap his feet and his eyes over that and deliver the ball as quickly as he can. Mm. So, And you change the timing of it. Now, you might, as soon as he gets the ball, that hand may go up. Or in other words, it simulates a hot read. Or if you make him hold it and work his feet in the pocket a little bit to get down to a second or his check down, you know? And so there, you, you change the timing of it, but the location, he's got to snap his eyes and his feet and you get the ball out really quickly to it. And if you do that on a daily basis, they start – because you, you can't look at one of those guys. You have to see them all at the same time, and that's what you're asking a quarterback to do when he's throwing into the zone. Wow, that's, that's gold. That's gold, <laughs> Coach. I couldn't write that down fast enough, man. Appreciate you sharing that. Um, let's yeah. talk about Justin Fields here in Chicago. What, what are some of the things that you see from him, you know, throughout this preseason, maybe last year on film, that are the biggest, you know – things he needs to improve upon in terms of his development so i really and i'm not trying to bash matt matt and i'm just not i just he's mm-hmm. over his head yeah and they never developed him um i just uh, they just changed things every week he had no chance now i don't know if he's good enough anyway i know as an athlete he is i don't know if he can what we were just talking about mm-hmm. if he can see and react quickly like the great ones do or if he's got to think about it and when you, or if you've got to watch a guy get open, like Cutler was that way, it was really difficult. Um, so I just don't know. He seems a little bit like that Cutler thing where you got to see guys coming open and not predict and get the ball out soon like you want him to. So I think he's a little bit like that. I think he's going to be slow getting the ball out. I don't see him being real quick with it, which ultimately will limit how good he can be. Yeah, Coach, on that um – Interview you did with the 33rd team. You can find the 33rd team on Twitter at the 33rd team FB. Uh, you talked about that and talked about how you saw him make mistakes as, uh, J Mac just asked you about. And then you talked a little bit about how you, you, you could have a rough career because of lack of talent around him, even compared to Chicago Bears roster to the 2008 Lions roster team when Owen 16. Um, when, when you got here, we talked about a little bit on this podcast and it reminded me of 2010 with Jay. Yeah. And we didn't yeah. have a lot of talent on the offensive line or we didn't have a receiver who scared anybody. How, well, how can you develop a quarterback when, if he's under duress, maybe a little bit like we had in 2010 or when you know as a coach look we lack talent right now what kind of things can you do to help him out mm. have a Matt Forte in the backfield number right. one he was good man equalizer you know when Matt about our second year there in 2011 he got injured uh, in the 10th game of the season I think we were 7-3 and uh, we, were, we had the best we are the best team in the NFC at that point we just mm-hmm. were mm-hmm. but when he went down quarterback goes down the receiver all went down within a week of each other and mm-hmm. that was it but uh to your point with the offensive line you were the only uh guard you and guards were the only two real linemen we had the rest of the guys were free agent guys that were just trying to make a roster they were backups to be honest mm-hmm. with you and the receivers the receiving room was the same way they were all special teams players but also playing wide receiver instead of the other way around. So 
we, we started, now Johnny was probably a good third receiver, but he ended up being our number one guy, you know? So mm-hmm. you have to try to limit sometimes what you're asking them to do, you know? And that was a tough year for me because I, I wanted to do more, just couldn't. Mm-hmm. And so in the off season, the very next year, um, I trimmed back a lot of stuff and we just went with that and we we're much better for it and, and just continue to lean on the running game. To me, the biggest thing with a team like that is you better have some big tight ends mm. because you're going to have to use them in uh, protections, you know, mm. and, and also to help run the football. If you're going to play open edges, you know, just the tackles and nobody outside of them, kind of what's going on in college football, and you're not real good at tackle and the quarterback holds the ball, and that's kind of what I see with Chicago, then it's going to be a tough year for you. Mm. Yeah, Coach, in terms of, you know, being an offensive coordinator, you know, some people say it's players over scheme. Some say it's the other way around. In terms of, you know, what your philosophy is, Coach, what what are some of the factors, you know, the, the biggest factors that you consider, you know, when you're implementing your scheme or, or implementing your playbook? What's well, a player's game? It's always about the players. It just is, you know, and so what you do is you take a look at what you have and you try to take advantage of their strengths. And you bring their weaknesses along, so to speak. And like uh, like Knox, he could flat run, so we tried to get him some deep balls. He wasn't a change of direction guy, so we tried to limit. There are some routes we just stopped throwing that we used to throw at the rims because he just they couldn't run. They couldn't get him out of the cut as quickly as we wanted them to. You know, so mm-hmm. uh, you just have to be careful. You can't give up in one area. You just gotta use different people to do those things. You know. And, adapt to it and change. And I will say this, the teams that can change and not run the same things every week, then they'll stay ahead of the curve and give you your players a better chance of winning. If you, if you, the old thing when I grew up in coaching is, well, we're going to do the same stuff every week just and get really good at it. Yeah, that doesn't fly. You know, that just doesn't fly. But to make good defenses out there, you've got to, you have to put the defense on their heels you can't let that happen the other way around, you know. So um, you you got to be able to win the game, run the ball or throw the ball. You can't lean on either one. So you've got to, you know, everything centers around always has. It begins with and ends with the offensive line. So you've got to get as much out of them as you possibly can. And, you know, if you've got problems on the outside, then you need to keep a tight end occasionally, those kinds of things. So play to your talent. Uh, and there's some things that you – you know, this is really big now. There's some things that you'd like to do, but you're not sure the guy can do it. Make him prove to you that he can or he can't. Don't assume he can't. Always think the guy can do it. You know, and that's that's how you grow. And then the players, they get energized by that because they realize you're asking them to do something a little different, special, and that means that you trust them. Once players feel like you trust them, then they get excited, really excited about playing the game. To that, to that point, Coach, um, what are a few teams that, that you like watching play offense right now, a few schemes out there, coaching staffs that you see changing every week, uh, keeping the defense on their heels, and then, and then one or two quarterbacks that you really still enjoy watching play? So I think the 49ers ahead of everybody in that respect. I think Shanahan does a great job, and they do some of the stuff that we did. All, and they really do, though, moving and shifting. But, you know, I watch them beat the Rams every year, you know, and it's, they do it because it really – they really outcoach them. You know, they, they take advantage of their strength. They're a real physical team, and they rush football, and then they get you on the heels and make big plays in the passing game. So I love what they do. I, I think they're ahead of the curve in that respect. I think the surprise team in the league will be the Raiders. I think Josh McDaniel is really matured. I really believe, like, the, the, the quarterback car has been held down, so to speak. He's been in a system, a system quarterback. He's better than that. And I think Josh McDaniel will really open things up there for him, help him grow, and I think he's a brilliant coach. He'll do a good job there. Quarterback-wise, just anytime I can see Herbert at the Chargers, I'm going to stop whatever I do and I'm going to go watch him play. Mm. He's my favorite player. Mm. Coach, I want to I go back a little bit and talk about you know, your time, you know, with the Rams in St. Louis, the greatest show on turf. And obviously has so many great players. Torrey Holt, Isaac Bruce, Marshall Falk, you insert Kurt Warner after Trent Green gets hurt. Who was the most important piece to that whole <laughs> offense? If you could, if you could just Coach pick, Marks, if man. you could just pick one guy without making those other guys mad, because I'm sure you're still in contact with him. Who was the, who was the key ingredient to that offense? 
Well, I would make any man. I think everybody on that football team would say Marshall Paul. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. remember, and I, it does not so much today, but everyone that we play, we're determined to take Marshall out of the game and make us be you know, with the other guys. That's what happened in our first Super Bowl and the second one, uh, more or less, it's the same thing. You know, they, they kind of they held the heck out of everybody, but nonetheless, um, Marshall dictated you know, to, the, to the other team uh, how we're going to win that game. And, mm. you know, so many times we get an eight-man front and they have all these run blitzes, but, they, you know, now you've got one-on-one with some pretty darn good receivers, you know, so we got the ball out quick. And, and then the, my favorite thing was to split him out away from everybody and see who goes to cover him. Mm. And that you know, linebacker trotting out there with a the neck roll on, it's going to be a long time. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, you going to run right past hey, that, that linebacker and that neck roll. I'm trying I, to I was you. a rookie and Coach Marshall at the Rico McDonald. I remember Rico McDonald played there for the Bears. He tried out to cover Marshall Falk. I said, that's not going to be yeah, good yeah, for yeah, us, yeah. man. <laughs> Coach March, man, uh, you know the amount of respect I have for you. I enjoy playing for you. We enjoy We really appreciate you joining us on today's podcast. Learned a ton. I'm glad to hear that you're doing good. Thank you. I love you, buddy. You know that. And anytime. I love to do it. Appreciate it, Coach. Coach, Have a good day. Hey guys, it's Olin Cruz, and I want to tell you about Tequila Embajador, the official tequila of the No Name Podcast. Whether it's celebrating a big win or just kicking back after work, adding tequila embajador takes every gathering to the next level. The care, quality, and patience put into each and every bottle of tequila embajador can be tasted from the first sip to the last. And it's why we're honored to call them our teammates. Go to their website, embajadortequila.com, and use the code Kick off 10 and receive your discount on your next purchase of Tequila Embajador, the official tequila of the No Name Podcast. Well, that does it for our show today on the No Name Football Podcast. We thank all of our listeners for listening and supporting us on all the social media platforms. Make sure you download our podcast. We're on all the platforms, Spotify, iTunes, whatever your choices. Make sure you download it. Make sure you tell your friends and family. Give us a rating if you like. Hopefully, it's a five-star rating. But if not, give us a rating anyway. Uh, we like your uh, feedback and criticism, that uh, things we can improve on upon our show. But before we go, as usual... Man, I want to suit up right now. In the words of the great Mike Brown, you guys keep making plays in life, and we'll keep making these great podcasts for you. We're out, and we'll see you next time, Chicago. Take care. God bless. Mahalo.